VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. We do thank you for joining us today here on Crosstalk, coming your way from the VCY American Network and another in our series, What in the World? As a matter of fact, uh, many of you may recall, uh, as I do growing up, and something really, really bizarre would happen, and you just kind of scratch your head, and you say, what in the world? Well, friends, there are so many things like this that are happening on, on a regular basis that it is baffling and, and befuddling to us as to what is taking place uh, here in our society today. It should not surprise us, as we've often referred back to Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Yes, indeed, woe unto them. But, friends, we are seeing this on the increase in our society today. I'm going to be sharing with you just a number of stories that uh, bear this very aspect out that uh, would cause one to scratch their head and say, what in the world? What are they thinking? What are they doing? Why are they doing this? And we can see that the God of this world is very much at work in the hearts and lives of individuals and the importance of believers in Christ to be salt, to be light, to spread the gospel, the good news, that is only the only remedy for man's evil, wicked heart. The Bible tells us that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And so today on Crosstalk, we're going to provide multiple examples. Come, some come from the aspect of education. Some are coming by the way of religion. Some are coming by way of what's happening legislatively in some different states, and some are coming from the highest office of our land. And so we're going to cover a number of issues today, and I've decided to start with the area of education. And our beginning focus is in the state of Arizona. You see, the Arizona legislature is considering a piece of legislation that's known as Senate Bill 1700, that would allow parents to have the ability to review books and materials used in the schools for 120 days before they are available to students. You know what's happening in school districts across the nation. The school, the the books that are getting into the curriculum, the books that are getting out there for suggested reading, the books that are out there in the library. So this common sense piece of legislation would actually allow parents to have the ability to review books and the materials for 120 days before they're available to the students, and then to allow the parents to request the removal of these the books that are lewd or sexual in nature, or those that promote gender fluidity or gender pronouns, or those that groom children into normalizing pedophilia. And friends, it's happening in schools and libraries all across this land. But there's uh, a statement that came out from Equality Arizona. They said on their website where this legislation was labeled anti-LGBTQ, they say this blatantly unconstitutional and viciously transphobic bill would mean the total erasure of trans identity and gender nonconformity from school materials. What in the world? Here they are, they are grooming children, and grooming is the right word to use, as we have played a clip before of a transgender uh, drag queen who mentions that we are grooming the next generation. But friends, indeed, not only is Equality Arizona absolutely frustrated that there would even be the consideration of such a piece that would protect your children from normalizing pedophilia, normalizing that which is not normal. But a hearing was held on this legislation. And there was a teacher that actually spoke out, a teacher that spoke out against the legislation, indicating she has a master's degree and she knows better than parents. Let's listen in. I have a master's degree because when I got certified, I was told I had to have a master's degree to be an Arizona certified teacher. We all have advanced degrees. What do the parents have? Are we vetting the backgrounds of our parents? 
Are we allowing the parents to choose the curriculum and the books that our children are going to read? I think that it's a mistake. I'm just speaking from the heart. Um, the one line that I love is, uh, we must remember that the purpose of public education is not to teach only what parents want their children to be taught. It is to teach them what society needs them to be taught. Friends, what in the world? Did you hear what she just said? In a moment, I'm going to replay this clip because it is, it is what is out there in the educational realm. And when, when there are parents who want this legislation to give protection for their children from being subjected to these materials, this teacher is outraged. I'm the one with the master's degree. I'm the one that's certified. I've got the advanced degree. What do parents have? Are we going to be, you know, vet the backgrounds of parents? Friends, it's outrageous what is going on here, but this is the mentality as expressed by this Arizona teacher. I want you to hear one more time what she had to say. I have a master's degree because when I got certified, I was told I had to have a master's degree to be an Arizona certified teacher. We all have advanced degrees. What do the parents have? Are we vetting the backgrounds of our parents? Are we allowing the parents to choose the curriculum and the books that our children are going to read? I think that it's a mistake. I'm just speaking from the heart. Um, The one line that I love is, uh, we must remember that the purpose of public education is not to teach only what parents want their children to be taught. It is to teach them what society needs them to be taught. And, And who's determining what the society needs? Are we talking about the World Health Organization? Are we talking about the Planned Parenthood Society? Are we talking about the uh, diverse equality groups uh, and, and their society? Who is making that determination? And as she said, I'm just speaking from the heart. And I say, what in the world? And here you are in front of the classrooms and, and teaching children? Let's go to the Daily Signal, who is also reporting a high school teacher in Washington State suggested that schools should hide information about children from their parents because... And I'm going to quote here, because kids are not safe in this nation from their Christo-fascist parents. Kelly Love, who appears in Auburn School District's directory as Karen Love, a teacher at Auburn High School, made the claim last Thursday on Twitter. Love had responded to a tweet that in turn was a reply to Nicole Neely, founder and president of Parents Defending Education who said it's impossible for parents to protect their children and make informed decisions about their welfare when schools are withholding critical information, Neely tweeted. It's time this condescending behavior by school districts ends. Well, a Twitter user who claims to be a former teacher and retired principal drew attention to Neely's uh, declaration, warning parents to check your school district's policy regarding keeping info about your child secret from you. Schools should not have a right to keep info about you, your child from you unless abused uh, by you as suspected. Then I say, said it and I meant it. Well, then we have the response here from the Washington State teacher saying, I cannot disagree with this more. So many students are not safe in this nation from their crystal fascist parents and our guidelines and laws haven't caught up with this. And again, I say, what in the world? This is another, and not all. This is not characteristic of all teachers. Don't take me that way. But here is another teacher talking about the Christo, uh, you know, the, you know, you're, when you're Christ-centered, when you're Christ-centered as a parent. But here using the term Christo-fascist parent. One more illustration here from perhaps education, and that also coming from the Daily Signal in a new report. America's largest teachers union is encouraging educators to bargain for their health care coverage to include abortion. The National Education Association's February 14th report, Bargaining and Advocacy in a Post-Roe Environment, advises teachers how to ask for insurance coverage for surgical and chemical abortions, including reimbursement for out-of-state abortion travel expenses. Now, keep in mind, abortion kills children. Keep in mind that teachers in the classroom need children in order to teach. 
The NEA recommends members review their contracts with their school district employers to identify the reproductive rights and health care protections and ensure that the reproductive rights addressed are comprehensive. The union urges members to bargain for abortion benefits and protections where they are not already offered because the costs associated with having to travel for care will be prohibitive for many. It's important for affiliates to consider exploring avenues of finance support through bargaining. The document refers to abortion as care medical care, health care, and reproductive care. Teachers bargaining for abortion coverage should ask for their insurance to cover travel costs and out-of-pocket abortion-related expenses, the report states. Ladies and gentlemen, abortion is not health care. Abortion is designed to take the life of a pre-born child. Abortion causes fatalities to take place. It is not health care. And yet, the teachers' union is reporting, uh, reportedly pushing for insurance coverage for abortions and reimbursement for out-of-state travel. And to that, I ask the question, what in the world? Let's go to another issue here today, and it's also related to the topic of abortion, but it goes beyond that of just education. Live Action News reporting in a clear example of abortion tourism. An abortion business in New York is offering a new program for women living in pro-life states. It's called the Out of Town Program. The program brings women from their home state to the abortion facility in Queens, New York. Choices Medical Women's Center commits abortions up to 24 weeks. Established in 1971, the clinic commits abortions up to 10 weeks by the abortion pill, as well as first and second trimester surgical abortions through six months of pregnancy. The website states, we provide free abortion pregnancy tests, as well as no-cost abortion options if you qualify. For second trimester abortions, women will not feel, hear, or see anything during the procedure because they will be under deep sedation. Regarding the out-of-town program, the abortion facility states we can help you with travel details, including airfare and housing, the cost of your trip, the cost of your abortion. Our out-of-town program was created with your needs in mind. In most cases, you can get an appointment within one to three days. New York State allows abortions up to 24 weeks with no limitations, no age restrictions, no requirements that you notify parents or partners, no waiting periods. And they boast that they're close to Kennedy and LaGuardia airports. Our out-of-town program is designed to encourage and support women from other states to come to our abortion clinic to carry out their reproductive decisions, states the websites. Friends, while claiming to care about women, as Live Action reports, this business is promoting underage abortions to teens, out-of-state and without their parents' knowledge, while being housed with strangers. This also means... Wouldn't you think that young girls could be brought in from their homes to Queens by an abuser, forced to undergo an abortion that they may not want, and if a girl suffers complications once she's at home, her family will have no idea what she has endured or how to help her. California's begun advertising its no-rules abortions in pro-life states, and Colorado has long been an abortion tourism destination. Now New York has positioned itself for the same, and I say, what in the world? Friends, haven't we forgotten what the Holocaust has done? The slaughter of six million Jews? And here, when we are in the multiple tens of millions of abortions and, and taking the lives of the preborn, and now we're promoting abortion tourism? What in the world? Woe to that individual. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. We'll be back in one minute. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, scientist and creation researcher with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, when we're looking at the evolutionary scale, what animals would be considered primitive? Chris, mammals are thought to be more advanced on the evolutionary scale, although all animals are amazingly well-designed. Insects are thought to be rather primitive, but research has shown that even butterflies, as they migrate across the ocean, have some sort of built-in magnetic sense which keeps them on course. They can correct their course even if blown off course by wind. Chris, even insects were created by an amazingly intelligent creator. There's nothing primitive about any form of life. 
Even single cell life is complex. If it's living, it's complex. And it's been that way ever since back in Genesis. If you'd like to go back to Genesis, you can find us on the web at www.icr.org. For the Institute for Creation Research, I'm Chris O'Brien. Thanks for tuning in. This is Crosstalk on VCY America. Today, another in our series of What in the World programs. You know, friends, frankly, it seems like just about every day we could say what in the world as to the issues that are going on here today. And certainly understand that this world is filled with darkness and how badly this world needs Jesus Christ. And that's why we advocate or strong proponents of, of sharing the good news of the gospel. To share that Jesus Christ came into this world to save sinners. Jesus Christ died for our sins. He was buried. He rose again the third day. That we can receive him by faith, place our trust in Jesus Christ to cleanse us from our sins. That's what this world needs today. But friends, instead, there are many other messages that are coming from very, very bizarre pulpits around this country. There is the facade of religion, the facade of Christianity that is taking place. Now, I'm so thankful uh, to be a part of a Bible-believing local church, and I'm thankful for the pastors that are faithfully proclaiming God's Word, thus saith the Lord, that are, they're p- preaching systematically through the Scriptures and, and, uh, and proclaiming what God has said. But there are wolves that are in sheep's clothing that are out there. There are false prophets that are among us, and we need to be attuned to these, this very aspect, to beware of the false teaching that is around us. Paul warned Timothy repeatedly to hang on to sound doctrine, to sound biblical truth, because there are those that are just wanting to tickle the ears. And friends, in my opinion, what I'm about to share is another ear tickler. This is a pro-abortion rally in Minnesota. And there is a uh, pro-choice, and I'm putting this in quotes as uh, so did uh, the dissenter, a pastor that says, if you don't support abortion, your faith is too small. This is T. Michael Rock, serves as one of the co-pastors and teachers at Robbinsdale Parkway United Church of Christ in Robbinsdale, Minnesota, also a faculty member at the Center for Congressional, or rather Congregational Spirituality and adjunct faculty at United uh, Seminary of the Twin Cities. But I want to just play a clip from a... a, a, uh, matter of a uh, pro-abortion uh, rally taking place in Minnesota, as Minnesota has has been moving very quickly, like grease lightning, to see abortion expanded in the state of Minnesota. But let's listen to what this so-called pastor had to say. I'm going to spread that word to my um, not-so-kind Christian colleagues who are all about restricting access When our faith says expand access, and I would say, if you have any faith at all, then then have your faith be as big as possible. And if you don't have faith for a person who's pregnant to make their own choices, then your faith is way too small. If If you're going to think that religion somehow says we need to restrict access because of God, then your God is way too small. The whole point of a spiritual life for a person of faith is to have faith and to grow your your expression, to grow your heart, to grow in love. That's who we are. And I'm tired, sick and tired of our Christian colleagues demanding that there be restrictions to this access. Mr. So-called pastor, the Bible says that God hates the hands that shed innocent blood. God said, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. He said to the prophet Jeremiah, and sanctified thee. Who's going to be a prophet for him? We're told in Psalms 139 that God knit us together in our mother's womb. Mr. Pastor, that's the book that you need to be preaching from. What in the world? I say again, and friends, we could have many clips. This one, I will seek to be uh, cautious in how we present this from not the bee. But friends, where this is going, we talk about the explosion that's taking place of the deviant sexual behavior, not only in this country, but around the world. 
And as they point out, in case you didn't think the world was sinking low enough with all the gender pedophilia craziness, we're going to take a look at Spain's new animal welfare law that decriminalizes relations, illicit relations with animals, because zoophiles are just another spectrum on the trans flag. They report in an update to the law that previously criminalized bestiality, Article 337.1 of the Penal Code, which read, or which reads right now, the person who, by any means or procedure, mistreats a domestic or tamed animal, an animal that's usually domesticated, an animal that temporarily or permanently lives under human control, or any animal that does not live in the wild, causing injuries that seriously impairs its health or subjects the animal to sexual exploitation, shall be subject to a minimum of three months and up to a maximum of one year in prison. He's also, he or she also shall be prohibited from one year to three years from a profession or trade that's related to animals or from the possession of animals. But they're taking that, that statute, that law against bestiality and changing it to, uh, in, in changing some of the words to Uh, The person who by any means or procedure mistreats a domestic or tamed animal, an animal that is usually domesticated, an animal that temporarily or permanently lives under human control outside of legally regulated activities, and now changing the words to these, including acts of sexual nature causing injuries that require veterinary treatment. Hear those words that they're changing from subjecting, subjecting an animal to sexual exploitation, changing that to including acts of a sexual nature causing injuries that require veterinary treatment. So if you don't need a veteran uh, or a veterinary treatment, a veterinary treatment after the illicit act against the creature, this is removing the criminal penalties. As long as there isn't a physical injury that requires veterinary treatment, people are free to have this illicit relation with animals. What in the world? Friends, my mind went right away to Romans chapter 1. Now, friends, what happens in one country soon makes its way across ocean waters to another. And we see that take place uh, country after country around the world. But my mind went to Romans chapter 1, which says, Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Verse 24 says, God gave them up to uncleanness. Verse 26, God gave them up unto vile affections. Verse 28, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. And friends, we're seeing that. That's Spain. But you know what's happening in the state of Tennessee? We have many people living in Tennessee who listen to Crosstalk. Todd Starnes shared the story of a Memphis drag queen that is threatening violence if Governor Bill Lee of Tennessee signs a bill that would ban children from attending drag performances. The bill classifies male and female impersonators as adult cabaret performers and bans adult-oriented performances that are harmful to minors, as defined in Tennessee's obscenity law. Those who violate the law would face fines up to $3,000 and possible prison time. Well, Queen Slade Kyle says the bill is intending to strip away his rights. He urged people at the Memphis nightclub to fight back, invoking the Stonewall riots of the 1960s. And I quote, the original pride was a riot, and this year we need to remind them that we will fight for our liberation. We will raise our bricks up high again and let them know that we will not go quietly. Understand what he's saying. As Todd points out, if four-year-olds cannot attend drag shows, they will take up arms against the government. That's how committed the radical activists are to grooming and indoctrinating your children. What in the world? Friends, do you remember on a crosstalk program some time ago, we talked about the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus performing a song titled, We're Coming for Your Children? When are we going to wake up? Just received an alert from the Illinois Family Institute. Many of you who listen to crosstalk live in the state of Illinois. They just made us aware of a barrage of bills, legislation that are working their way through the Illinois legislature. It's shocking to see what's going on. Um, They have HB3, HB1046, 
pertaining to abortion. Both bills permit midwives to do abortions as well as open birth centers that will do abortions. Uh, Parental rights. There's HB 29. The bill punishes parents for disciplining their child if a parent transmits any verbal or visual message intended to cause emotional distress to their child. He or she can be charged with parental bullying. If convicted, the parent would have to pay court costs and any fine imposed by the court. The fine would be placed in escrow until the child turns 18, at which time he or she would be able to purchase a certificate of deposit with the monies. Keep in mind that uh, just within 90 minutes from now, there is a hearing that's happening in committee on that one in Illinois. The abortion one, that hearing is Thursday of this week. Pronouns. Uh, HB 1596 replaces gender pronouns, him, her, he, she, with a gender-neutral noun in numerous acts all throughout the Illinois statutes. That hearing is taking place Wednesday of this week, tomorrow, 2 p.m. at the Capitol building. On drugs, yeah, another hearing tomorrow at 10 in the morning. HB 1 legalizing psychedelic mushrooms, LSD, and other hallucinogens. Uh, There is also a hearing coming up, uh, let's see, 4 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, that provides that hypodermic syringes and needles can now be sold in any quantity, anywhere, and any time. In regard to children, a hearing taking place at, uh, well, it's underway right now as I speak. Uh, changes law to say that a child cannot be considered abused or neglected because a parent repeatedly uses illegal drugs. And then we see also coming up at uh, uh, also going on at this very hour in, in Illinois, HB 39, allowing all current prisoners to vote in elections. So we just look at bill after bill and we say, what in the world? What in the world is happening here? And the legalization of, that we see of, of uh, drugs and so forth. And no parents, you can no longer be, you know, be charged with abuse if you're taking these drugs. And what about the harm that comes to children from this, ladies and gentlemen? Oh, that's right. We can kill them in the womb. So... Um, I guess that opens the door for other things, but just uh, don't say something verbally that would give them emotional distress. You can kill them, just don't give them emotional distress. Townhall.com also is reporting on the questionable theory that the most compassionate way to treat drug addicts is to help them shoot up. This is now going to Colorado. Colorado listeners, do you hear this? House Bill 23-1202 would allow Colorado cities to open their own drug shooting salons where addicts can inject their opiate of choice, usually heroin or meth or cocaine, in a semi-private booth. This is called a harm reduction site. Think about that term, a harm reduction site. We're going to provide you the space, the location to go in and shoot yourself up with drugs and call it a harm reduction site as if helping addicts to keep injecting killer poisons into their bodies reduces harm to them. If the addict overdoses, on-site medical personnel will administer an antidote, and that's where the bill supporters call saving a life. The first lie is the bill's claim, which says overdose prevention centers are proven to save lives and increase community safety. The centers do not prevent overdose. They merely treat overdosing addicts with drugs that temporarily halt their death. An addict may not die on the facility floor, but when drug users stagger out of the safe place, they often die behind a dumpster, in a nearby alley, or in a store's bathroom. Friends, I say to that, what in the world? We're going to take a quick break. I'm going to share a few more examples with you, and then we'll be also opening up phone lines here today on Crosstalk, so stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute here on the VCY American Network. VCY America is making available Ray Comfort's DVD that is causing evolutionists and atheists around the world to become unglued. Evolution versus God is a fast-moving 35-minute DVD in which Ray Comfort confronts evolutionists with a series of questions that leave them stumped and speechless about a belief system that lacks credible answers to the origins of the earth and mankind. 
you can obtain one DVD of Evolution vs. God for a donation of $5, five copies for a donation of $18, or ten copies for a donation of $25 by calling 1-800-729-9829. Evolution vs. God is shaking the foundation of evolutionary faith. That's one copy for a donation of $5, five copies for a donation of $18, or ten copies for a donation of $25. Simply call VCY America at 1-800-729-9829 or on the web at vcyamerica.org. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Troubling times in which we live, men's heart continuously doing that which is evil. Friends, doesn't it sound like the days of Noah? the days of Noah that are unfolding right before our very eyes? Paul warned Timothy in the last days perilous times would come and unfolded those situations in 2 Timothy 3. And he certainly reminded Timothy, as a believer in Christ, to hang on to those things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing of whom you have learned them. He learned them from his mother, Eunice, his grandmother, Lois. He learned them from the Apostle Paul. He learned them from the Scriptures to hang on to those things. And then he told Timothy to, to, uh, to be mindful of the fact that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. It's there to equip us, to thoroughly furnish us unto all good works. It's there to help us live in times just like these. And then he told Timothy, preach the word. And friends, we need to proclaim the word because as we see today, we have a culture that is going totally anti-God, totally anti-Christianity, anti-according to the word of God. We're seeing a proliferation of after-school Satan clubs that are coming up. We are seeing the, the eradication of the removal of God. Can't have Bibles in schools, but you can have all this pornographic material, all the how-to manuals for young people. And friends, I just went through a plethora of information going on in the state of Illinois, and I was shocked just watching a public hearing a short time ago of uh, from last week, Wednesday, and um, Illinois Family Institute uh, pointing out the information Do you know that in less than six minutes of presentation and discussion that there was legislation introduced on the committee level uh, that's now going to the full Illinois legislature that for all gender restrooms? Now, I'm I'm not just talking about, you know, a private one room place where you go in, close the door and and uh, people of a male or female can go in and use the restroom. No, this is talking about a combined room where multiple people go into the same room and it's an all gender restrooms taking place in Illinois and saying that if you if businesses want to have that, they can have that. But if you do have it, you can't put in gender specific restrooms uh, in the near vicinity of this. They didn't know how far that was going to be. The the rules uh, of the Department of Health were going to have to determine how far away another bathroom could be that would be gender specific. But they heard the testimony from the individual, the people on the committee. There were nine people there were able to ask questions of which just a couple questions were raised. The chair indicated that there were 317 proponents, meaning they had received 317 communications from people who said that they backed this legislation, but five times as many that were against it, 1,512 in opposition. And just like that, they cast their vote six to three to pass this on for the full full uh, legislature. And that took less than six minutes of discussion for this to take place. And again, I asked the question, what in the world? Friends, we see also, let me just change the subject to another matter here. The news this week that came out about the uh, Department of Energy gathering this new intelligence. I'm looking right now from Red State. Gather new intelligence showing COVID-19 likely originated in the Chinese virology lab. That was a major topic at Monday's White House press conference. John Kirby took the podium. In an increasingly bizarre exchange, Kirby endorsed a gain-of-function research when asked whether the president believes that the reward outweighs the risk. If the reward outweighs the risk. And I'd like to have you hear what John Kirby had to say as he was representing the White House. Without uh, weighing in one way or the other on origin of, of the virus, you've made clear that there's no consensus. Does the president believe, though, that the reward out 
outweighs the risk when it comes to gain-of-function research. Does the reward outweigh the risk when it comes to gain of that type I of research? I got a history is degree. You're going to have to say that again. Does the president believe that this type of gain-of-function research is prudent? He believes that um, it's important to help prevent future pandemics, which means he understands that there has to be legitimate scientific research into the sources or potential sources of pandemics so that we understand it so that we can prevent them and we can prevent them from happening obviously um, but he also believes and 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 this is why he wants the the whole of government effort here to understand it um, that that research has to be done must be done in a safe and secure manner as and as transparent as possible to the rest of the world so that so people know what's going on so I think that's a fancy way of saying yes a fancy way of saying yes about gain of research uh, whether that uh, the reward outweighs the risk. And as Red State points out, it's hard to express how insane that answer is. We're still in the hopefully last stages of this global pandemic that killed millions of people. And the cause was almost certainly gain of function research done by the Chinese government. And with that as a backdrop, why in the world would the White House be endorsing that type of research as worth the risk? It's amazing, friends, what's going on. And yet the White House continues to say, well, there's still not a consensus as to where this virus originates. Here's another example. We know the push toward socialism that is taking place in our land. And one of the key proponents of this is none other than Bernie Sanders. Senator Bernie Sanders, the independent from Vermont. I'm looking at townhall.com who's made a name for himself as an outspoken and and hypocritical opponent of capitalism, is once again hitting the road to hawk his latest book, which is not free, at a series of in-person events which are not free. He was pressed on CBS's Face the Nation Sunday about the dissonance between his stated opposition to, uh, this is a week ago, uh, to supposedly evil capitalism and his book tour's use of Ticketmaster to sell tickets at the event. Listen to to, uh, how this exchange went. This is from CBS Face the Nation. But I have to ask you, you're going on tour to promote this book, It's Okay to Be Angry About Capitalism. And you're here talking about it. I understand we're not the bad guys you're you're describing in the book when it comes to the media, but tickets for your tour apparently are selling for $95 on Ticketmaster, which is accused of anti-competitive behavior. You know that some of your Democrats are criticizing them. Aren't you benefiting yourself from this system that you're trying to dismantle? First of all, those decisions are made totally by the publisher and the bookseller. I think there's one case where in one place here in Washington, uh, politics and pros and independent books are charging some tickets. Most of them, I think, are $40, $50, and you get a book as well. So if you want to come, you're going to have to pay 40 bucks. I'll throw in the book for free. And we're doing a number of free uh, events, but I don't make a nickel out of these things at all. But you're okay doing business with Ticketmaster? No, not particularly, but that's, again, I have nothing to do with that. That is, if you wrote a book, probably be the same process. <laughs> yeah, if you did a book, you'd probably be the same thing. Isn't that amazing, friends, how quickly the squirming takes place as against capitalism and yet how he's benefiting from capitalism taking place there? Again, you say, what in the world? Senator Sanders, are you not aware of the double-facedness of this issue? But let's also go back to a week ago Sunday on CNN's Sunday Night Long Form interview show, Who's Talking to Chris Wallace? Uh, Chris Wallace sat down with the uh, Homeland Security Secretary, Mayorkas, And right off the bat, Wallace grilled him on uh, Biden's failure to secure the border. A major point Wallace made was that Mayorkas apparently believes the border is secured, evidenced by his numerous public statements. Let's just listen in to that exchange that took place. In 2020, Donald Trump's final year in office, U.S. border authorities encountered migrants 458,000 times at the border. But under Joe Biden in 2022, there were 2.3 million encounters. How can you say the border is secure? Right now, the United States has millions of jobs opening due to the economic success of this administration. We have progressed 
in conquering the pandemic far more than the countries to the south of Mexico. And that makes the United States an appealing place of destination for people fleeing persecution or otherwise in desperate need of a better life. But when you say it's, what does secure mean to you? It certainly doesn't mean that people aren't able to get across the border illegally. Of, of course not. That is, that, by, by that measure, the border has never been secure, right? Um, since the Department of Homeland Security was created, individuals have evaded. So, so by what measure is it secure now, sir? So there, there is not a common definition uh, of that. What's your, what defini- our goal, what's your definition? What our goal is to achieve operational control of the border, to do everything that we can to support our personnel with the resources, the technology, the policies that um, really advance the security of the border and do not come at the cost of the values of our country. But on the question of security, we have all seen the scenes of of floods of people walking across uh, shallow points in the Rio Grande. We've all seen the pictures of encampments in downtowns in El Paso, our places in Arizona. We've all seen the pictures of the flood of migrants coming to New York. By those standards, it is not a secure border. Well, there we go. From CB, uh, the, the Face of the Nation there, on, uh, the, or that was CNN, rather, uh, taking place with Chris Wallace. And uh, just say, what in the world? Are you, you know, are you totally close-eyed to what is taking place across this nation? Let me just present one more issue, and we brought this up uh, just recently here on Crosstalk with Matt Staver from Liberty Council, and that is what's going on this very week with the World Health Organization as the Biden administration has been negotiating this deal to give uh, the WHO authority over the United States and the pandemic policies. Looking at a story right now from the Epic Times indicating that the Biden administration is preparing to sign up the United States to a legally binding accord with the World Health Organization that experts say would give the Geneva-based UN Health Agency the authority to dictate America's policies during a pandemic. Now, friends, I would hope uh, that this would immediately go into the courts to stop the unconstitutionality of this taking place. But despite widespread criticism of the WHO's response to the COVID pandemic, uh, Secretary uh, Becerra, uh, the Human Health and Human Services Secretary, joined with uh, Tedros, the World Health Organization Director, in September to announce this uh, U.S. and WHO strategic dialogue and have developed this platform to maximize the long-standing partnership and protect and promote the health of all people around the globe, including the American people. And friends, as we pointed out last week, this is going to subvert our sovereignty as a nation. It is going to take away our sovereignty, putting the World Health Organization in control, uh, and and doctors have stated that this is going to require them as to how they will be required to treat patients, how they what what drugs they can give, what drugs they cannot give to patients dealing with whatever pandemic they come up with. Um, I'm, I'm just going to say this: the article is longer than I can get into. We dealt a full program with this last week, but I say, what in the world? How is it you're willing to surrender? our nation's values, the sovereignty of our nation, and give it to this globalist organization and and then say that we're maintaining our sovereignty? Friends, I'd like to open our phone lines. I've talked a lot of many different examples here today on what in the world. If you want to comment on one of these issues or this topic in general, our phone number to Crosstalk is 800-733-9829. That's 1-800-733-9829. But what we are doing and what we are seeing, we're seeing the evil fruits of a society that has turned its back on God. Look what's happening. We talked, gave some education examples. Look what's happening within this, this whole LGBT plus, plus, plus movement that is going on. Look what's happening in the halls of government and legislatures across the nation. We ask the question, what in the world and how badly this world needs Jesus? Back in a minute. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. The Bible is an amazing document. We can trust it. We have a sure word of prophecy. The Bible says that Babylon, 58 miles south of Baghdad, will become a major center for commerce for the world's merchants. 
but it will also be the center of world government, a Eurocentric world government. Well, not much has been going on in Babylon for some time now, but did you know there has now been a $2.6 billion contract with South Korea's Daewoo Engineering and Construction to build what is described as the Grand Fall Port. And you know what? It will be completed and in operation in 2024 and fully completed by 2025. Guess what it'll do? Shave off 25 days of shipping oil and goods through the Suez Canal to Europe. This, my friends, many are saying, will make Babylon the center of commercial commerce big time for the world. The Bible's coming true. You know, friends, I just want to hearken back to Romans chapter 1, verse 21, because then that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. I don't have time to get into this. So you can go to uh, jihadwatch.org, but even a French clothing manufacturer. You know, the, the Quran says when you meet the unbelievers to strike the necks, that the, the infidels uh, strike their necks. There, there is a French clothing manufacturer now that is offering anti-knife neck guards and other safeguards against beheading. They've got a list of their shirts and neck guards and things like that that one can purchase from this French clothing manufacturer. What in the world? Friends, this is what happens when we forsake the one true God. Let's go to the phone lines uh, today on Crosstalk, and uh, let's begin with Greg in New Richland, Minnesota. You're on the air. Yes, first of all, thank you for your ministry, and, and I thank God for His Word. And, you know, you look at the wickedness of this world, and it just brought to mind a couple uh, couple scriptures, Genesis 6 and 5, and it said, The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Yeah. And in Genesis 11, it said, The earth was also corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence, so God looked upon the earth. Indeed, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. Shouldn't that be a wake-up call to us? It, it should be. It really should. As, as believers, we should see that and, you know, and be a light in the darkness. Indeed, indeed. Thank you, Greg, for the call today. Let's go to Al next in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. You're on the air, Al. Yes, I'd like to uh, relate something to the... Uh sexual content in particular that uh, you've referred to many times here uh, as it pertains to what's being provided in our school system. And what I'd like to share with you as precisely as I know how is something I learned from me or heard on a CD set, uh, The Hiding Place, which I uh, acquired from Friends of Israel Ministry, uh, the story of Corey Ten Boom, to the point uh, at one point, Corey, when she was in school, was uh, required to uh, study a poem, and it it had uh, sexual content to it. She didn't understand it. When she went home, she asked her godly father what that meant, and his response to her was, Corey, would you please pick up my heavily loaded suitcase and carry it for me? To which she said, it's too heavy, Father. I can't carry it. To which he said, well, that's the way it is with certain information, Corey. Uh, when, when someone is a child, there's certain information that is too heavy for them to carry and understand, of course. And he went on to say, as you get older and uh, mature, you'll be able to carry that information of that certain content. And I just, I just felt that that was a good illustration of uh, something our leaders, uh, the leaders of our school system, need to keep in mind. Some of the sexual content that they're bringing to our young children is too heavy for them to yeah. carry at yeah. that age. Yeah. Al, I've got to run on here to other callers, but uh, you're right. It's but it's also perverse and it's defiling their minds and leading down. Leading them down the pathway of destruction as well. Thank you, Al, for your comment here. Lou in Santa Fe, New Mexico, you're on the air. Hi, Jim. Um, I wanted to ask a question, but it seems nobody that I ask, even in the healthcare environment, have an answer to. 
I wanted to know what happens to all the poor little babies, unborn babies' remains. Where do they go? How do they get disposed of? And shame on the people that are doing this. Yeah. Some of them are burned. As a matter of fact, some years ago, we found out that they were burning them at a pet cemetery and in the, in the, being cremated with dogs and cats and so forth. Uh, sometimes they are, uh, you know, just smashed and flushed down drains. Sometimes they have these medical waste companies that just uh, carry them off with other medical waste from surgeries and so forth. It is despicable what is going on. Thank you for your call. Dominique and McQuanago, you're on the air. Hello? Yes, you're on the air. Oh, sorry. Didn't hear that. Um, I wanted to give a quote of an abortionist who turned um, pro-life doctor, but I just wanted first just to give the background um, of why I'm sharing it. Because in Wisconsin, we are in a battle, obviously, for the preborn's life like no other time. And this race for the Wisconsin Supreme Court is also an election like no other. Uh, with one side saying she's pro-abortion and she will put her thumb down on the scale of justice, and the other candidate being endorsed by all three pro-life organizations in our state, and who will, by his track record, uphold constitutional law. But what I want to share is that all of us need to do our part to dispel the myth, because I've been tipped off that there are independent voters who usually vote conservative who are now talking about voting pro-abortion, because we are being told mothers are going to drop dead all around us if Wisconsin doesn't advance abortion. So it's very important that everyone lets people know that a tubal pregnancy, a topic pregnancy, is not an abortion. Mm-hmm. That is a non-viable pregnancy, and the mother needs care to have the dead child removed, or she will die. That is not an abortion. Neither is a DNC, which is performed after a baby naturally dies in miscarriages, miscarries. But is, that is also not an abortion. So this doctor, who used to be an abortionist, said this, quote, I was, I was faculty at the hospital for nine years, and I saw hundreds of cases of real severe pregnancy complications, cancers, heart disease, intractable, out-of-control diabetes, toxemia of pregnancy. In those nine years, I saved hundreds of women from life-threatening pregnancies by delivery, either induction of labor or cesarean section, delivering the baby. And I always tell people in all those years, the number of babies that I was obligated to deliberately kill in the process was Zero. Yeah. None. Yeah. Unquote. Thank you, Dominique, for sharing that. Jose in Milwaukee, you're on the air. Yeah, thank you for taking my call, Jim. Um, every time you mention uh, what in the world, uh, what comes to my mind is what in the world, where in the world is the church? Yeah. I mean, uh, has the church lost its way? Because uh, I know that, uh, I know in the Bible it says that Jesus Christ defeated the enemy at the cross. And we're fighting an enemy, a spiritual enemy that was defeated on the cross. So I, I have faith in God that every time I get on my knees and pray to God in Jesus' name, it shall be done. I mean, uh, anything that the enemy is doing behind closed doors, God has the power to dissolve everything. Yeah. Thank you for the call. That closing music says we're out of time, and we apologize to other callers on hold. But, uh, friends, the days are dark. And uh, keep in mind, though, that the darker the night, the brighter the light shines. And uh, what are you doing to let your light shine for the Lord Jesus Christ? I trust you're a bearer of the gospel, a bearer of the good news to a world that's badly in need of the message. God bless you, folks. Thanks for joining us today on Crosstalk. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from VCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from CrosstalkAmerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.